0: Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. In this episode, my guest, Emily Leslie, and I talk about Julian Assange, the past, the present, and the future. I mean, what does it mean to be a whistleblower, and should it come at the cost of being threatened by the government and potentially facing jail time? So welcome back, Emily. This is a little different in our On the Couch session, but in a way, we're putting the story of Julian Assange and other whistleblowers on the couch. And the right. government's monitoring service and what they do to their civilians.
1: That is, that is right. That's uh it's an important topic, I think. But yeah, it is very different from uh what we normally do. But
0: so why Assange? I guess why? we should we should start with that. Why Assange?
1: You know, um I when when I first became and I'm You know, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but when I first really became aware of Julian Assange, I knew who he was, but when was when the Hillary, you know, all this stuff with the emails happened. Um, And I remember that he was being painted as this villain, this supervillain who was just um, wanted attention, you know, anything but a whistleblower, anything but somebody who was giving in merely giving information to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I remember having a real disdain for him because I was believing this is so embarrassing to admit, but I mean, here we, I'm on the couch, you know, this is what I'm here for. So I, and I really was like, wow, how could he have done this? You know, And I didn't even know the whole story.
0: Oh, when he, the information about Hillary. And I was like, oh, he missed a Hillary chance to win.
1: I didn't even care about the Hillary thing. It was just that all of the entire, all over the, no matter what you watched, which I luckily don't watch it now, but like all the mainstream news you watch. And this was way back when. And I was just like, I didn't look into it, but I didn't, you know, I was just like, oh, they say is this and this, but I was intrigued. I was intrigued. Nonetheless, I am still a Scorpio. So I was, you know, I wanted to know more about him. And then I sort of, you know, and I've always known about whistleblowers. I've always known that whistleblowers are, uh, vital to our society, to us being, um, accountable there have to be those among us who are willing to risk it all to keep, um, you know, powerful entities in check as, or, you know, as much as possible if we can, but at least have awareness, you know? And, you know, once in a while, one of those brave people come along and it happened to be Julian and it happened to be Hillary and it happened to be the emails and it happened to be an election year, I guess. And it was like, you know, where he was really demonized and for all of this. And um, yeah, I just, that's, so my opinion has gone from, because he wasn't treated as a whistleblower, remember?
0: No. I mean, he was so, a writer, you know? Julian Assange, for y'all that don't know, is uh, he's from Australia. So he's an Australian editor, the publisher, and he's an activist. He really is an activist who founded WikiLeaks back in 2006. And I'm reading some of this from Wikipedia, and I typically don't do Wikipedia for a resource, but I mean, it's, it's actually correct. And he came into the spotlight from Chelsea Manning. Yeah, yeah. later on down the line, you had old Hillary that popped up. Now, I'm sorry, not, I'm in disrespect to the first lady, but yeah, Hillary. And leaking out her information. But yeah, basically, like Emily said, he's just a whistleblower. So all these things that come out about uh, foreign countries, especially the U.S., because the U.S. plays some dirty games. <laughs> he, he leaks it on WikiLeaks for anybody to go out and see it. And he exposes those governments. But now the U.S., because Hillary came out and even the conspiracy behind that is that because he exposed Hillary, now her squad was coming to kill him. And that's why the big spotlight was put on his head outside of Chelsea Manning. They were really concerned about Hillary. So, yeah, that's that's who Julian Assange is. I mean, it's it's more stuff out there about him, but really what it all boils down to is that he's a whistleblower. Basically That's just he was
1: made public enemy number one was yeah. when it was the Hillary. They had to do that. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. I think um and he was actually, I mean, and he's the he was is he currently he is now. He's in um now he's in the United Kingdom.
0: Yeah, he's in Sweden. He's, he's in jail.
1: Sweden now
0: Yeah, he's in he's in jail in, in Sweden. Yeah, they they got him out.
1: Wait, wait, okay, because his because tra- I thought the charges in Sweden were dismissed,
0: oh yeah, 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 they were dismissed
1: yeah. hey, he's he at now? in the United Kingdom, I believe now, and he's fighting extradition to the United States um there's all I mean, it's i I worked on a, a timeline, obviously, but there is like it is oh, he's
0: in London, that's where he's at.
1: Yes. So he is, and so the thing is, they don't want him to get extradited to the United States, obviously, because it's the United States government who he, let's say, you know, "quote unquote," took on. I mean, he took on the most powerful, um, you know, allegedly the most powerful army in the world and um, exposed some hard, hard truths. So,
0: so do you believe the stuff that he's presenting against the U.S.?
1: Yes. 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 As far as the allegations of which, which in what respect are we talking about? His um,
0: just exposing what the military did to uh, civilians yes. that was killed. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's been confirmed. There have been there's testimony. This has been, you know, human rights organizations have um I mean, it's been vetted. It's been made. You, there are the people who were present have come forward, you know, and like we were talking a little bit before. Um, and I guess we should say what the scene that, that is most, most watched, I guess, that we had most famous for or infamous, however you want to put it. Um, the most graphic material, I think that we saw that really painted the picture was in Iraq and it was um, when there were helicopters and I call them machine guns, but what are Antonio, what are they? Yeah. Machine gun snipers. No machine guns. Yeah. No yeah, machine guns right. With a scope. So, um, hi, highly, you know, targeting capability is, I mean, this is the United States military. And so they come upon all you, you look down and you see a, um, a bus, a large, you know, uh, vehicle, And you see civilians walking to it and then you hear the um, soldiers speaking to each other through their microphones or, you know, whatever, to each other and saying, "Okay, shoot now, shoot now, shoot now. And these are unarmed civilians. It's pretty clear that they are causing no threat. But you don't know that just looking at. But they mow them down Um, and then. A bus comes over, another bus comes over, and a few seconds later, it's actually on its way, it's uncovered later that this is actually civilians. It was a man who had picked his children up um, and was on, they were on their way home and they stopped to help what they felt were wounded people. And then they, the um, helicopters, the soldiers, then opened fire on this bus or this large vehicle. Immediately after that, you see American soldiers rush to the scene in complete, you know, um, search and rescue mode. Basically, just what's happened here and then carrying children away. And one of the I think two of the children survived, I believe. But um, they and then the soldier you see carrying the child away in. uh, And it's very clear um, he actually left the military after this. Um, and is now an anti-war activist. So what he described seeing was something he said he had never seen in his time um, as a soldier in Iraq or in his time serving. He had never seen anything like this. And so, yeah, I I, I think the United States was... Um, I mean, I think that that was, you know, and that's just one example. And of course, we're going to be shown the most sensational piece, Mm -hmm. you know, and the argument is that, you know, he endangered people by showing this because it endangers our operation, you know, whatever. But no one has been there has been no proof that to substantiate the claim that he Julian Assange himself or WikiLeaks has endangered people because of this particular leak, now there are others that I would I would argue the other way, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the United States, they yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, first of all, we shouldn't have been over there. And a person that even had a Soviet war should be held again as as a war criminal and she'd be locked up. But that's a whole different show in itself because Presidents over here are allowed to do whatever the hell they want and get away with it without suffering any consequences behind it mm-hmm. or where, while we destroy other nations and destroy our own and spy on our own people. And that's why I like the whole aspect of whistleblowers because a lot of them work in intelligence, which is my, my background. I work in security, which still is intelligence. And it's like you'd be surprised of all the stuff that, you know, you expose yourself. You expose you expose to the the federal government and to these corporate entities, which is why, like, when we were talking before and we're always talking about, I don't understand why we can't use biometrics and people complain, well, I don't want to give all my data, my biometric data to the government. I'm like, they already have everything. <laughs> uh, they already have and know everything about you. I'm like, I can attest to that because I've seen stuff where I was that before and the things I'm able to monitor when just trying to troubleshoot your basic telecommunication services.
1: Oh yeah. So, I mean, have you ever talked about something and then you look and you see it in your ads on your phone? All you have to do is be conscious to know that you every single day are putting so much of your information out there that there's a complete profile of you that can actually predict what you're going to do.
0: Mm-hmm. That it's so complete. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you know, people don't, I mean, because that technically can be a lot of whistleblowers. I mean, you can have a lot of whistleblowers at Google on how to use the data that they have across all of their services. And Google is now or Android has now become the biggest uh, mobile phone operating system over Apple. Apple's a little bit better on how they protect their data because they only house, I think it, well, it might've changed now, but it used to be only housed the data for 48 hours. And that was just in the event that somebody had did something, people can they can request a subpoena and they can provide, if they've deemed it valuable to the government or anything happened to somebody and they need the information that Apple can present it to them. After the two days, that data is just, it's just gone. But Google on the other hand, because Google built Android, they never get rid of data because they sell your information off. They always say, that's how they make their money They sell your data. So there's a lot of stuff that they have on there that they never get rid of. And the government has access to all this stuff. Just like, you know, in my field, every time you hit a cell tower, we can see your exact location. Yes, we can see your exact location of where you are. We can see what device you're using. We know specifically what phone you're using uh, we know your, your SIM chip is provided in the phone. We know, I mean, we just, we can pretty much build a whole profile on you. I mean, so, it really isn't simple.
1: So the SIM SIM chip, right? So uh-huh. if we're talking about the, um, was it MC MC, right? MG,
0: the IMSI. Okay.
1: So this is the, um, device that mimics the cell phone tower. And no, 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 no. So
0: the M, the IMSI is actually, it's like a MAC address that's on your, your SIM chip. No, so, they
1: call it the MZ something. That's like the slang term it. was like the MZ catcher. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's the Stingray slash MZ catcher, but it's yes, catching no. the MZ that's on your, on the right. SIM chip. It's on your device.
1: That's why they call it that. So if they can only see, cause earlier we we're talking and you said, you know, well, it's really just, you know, your location. I don't believe that because, What's on your SIM card? It's more than your location.
0: Mm-mm. So what your SIM card does is it allows a, so it's, it's provisioned. And when I say provision, it's set up to where it works with the carrier. So it works with, your, it's, it's set up to work for T-Mobile or Metro PCS or Sprint or AT&T or whoever. Those SIM chips are provisioned for that. So the only thing is housed on your SIM chip is if you choose to house it on there, is like your contacts and things of that nature. And yeah, and then yeah, and where the SIM chip was actually set up at. But now with that SIM chip, when it goes into your device, the SIM chip also pings the cell phone tower. That's what the provision of the SIM chip is for. So it pings the cell phone tower. Your device is always pinging the cell tower. If you didn't if you don't know that it does, it's that's it's, um, it's like almost like a keep alive, what we do call it in ITs is keep alive single. We're yeah, always so pinging perfect. the cell tower.
1: Right. When police want to find a missing person, they'll look for where their cell phone is pinged or if they're looking for anybody. Right.
0: Yeah. So they they look for the closest tower, the last known location of where the the cell phone pinged the tower. Yes.
1: And they can narrow narrow it down. That's what they want us to think. That's all they're doing. But.
0: Yeah. Now you can now what Emily and I was talking about before. So they can get your, they can get your geolocation. They can get what device you're using. They can get, um, depending on what kind of device. Well, excuse me. So what it can, now if you do have an Android device, now this, now this goes into a different discussion and I'm just going to break this down real quick because this can get real broad. So depending on what device you use, depending on how hard you can get hacked. If they, if they choose to go that route and want to hack your device. So if you have an Apple device, forget about it. It ain't gonna happen.
1: Hang, hang it up yeah. y'all. We're done. We're toast.
0: So if you have an Android device, there's potential that your phone can get. If I can get your MZ and, and I can get all of your information associated with that device, because with the MZ, I can also get your phone number. So if I get your phone number, then I could, this. I could, in a sense, sends you a text message to have you open up a link or whatever and potentially.
1: Are we, Are we going to talk about Pegasus too?
0: No, no, uh-uh. no. But I can, I can send you a, an app or whatever and have you open up and, and hack your device if, if you have an Android device. That, that can happen. But now, only thing they cannot do, they cannot do this. Don't believe the hype when people tell you this. They cannot listen in to your phone without having. The uh, encryption key from the carrier to actually decrypt that information, those, that data, the packet data, and then listen to it and then retransmit it out. They have to have an encryption key. Everything, everything that's transmitted from your carrier is encrypted, it's, it's encrypted all the way, it's broken down to many, many micro bits and is decrypted on the far end coming through the switch that is going through but and they can we're still
1: talking about the mz catcher just service.
0: yes yes we're, we're, talking, about, yes. Talking, so, about we're right. talking about yes so. so we're talking about the stingray and the mz catcher so what it replicates right. is it's similar to in security they call it a man in the middle attack which is because it really what is it is a man in the middle attack so your, your your phone is always pinging your cell tower so what this does is replicate a cell tower and puts it directly in the middle of your signal so it has the, the the location and the data that the cell tower has. So it allows you to think that it's a cell tower there and it hits that device and that device then retransmitted up into the next cell tower and they monitor it that way. Right. But and- even outside of the government, your 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 carriers can see everything about you. Like we literally can see, I don't care who your carrier is. I can, the companies I've worked for, it doesn't matter what company it is because every company uses each other's equipment. I can see what you're using, your device, your information, uh, any people associated with that, 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 uh, that device. I don't care if it's a spouse, anybody that's on that account, I can see all this stuff.
1: But you're not law enforcement. No, i right? no. And I think that, I think that we're the, and this is obviously, you know, yeah, you have way more information than they're going to get from, 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 you know, this MZ device you know but the issue is that um i mean and i don't know the aclu has brought this up is that it affects people who are close so they might be targeting one person using this and a lot of police departments invested in these during the george floyd protests there was a huge uptick in that and that has been documented that is true mm-hmm. um and true. and so that that brings into question. Okay, so why when it, when we have these types of tools and this technology, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, we're already being spied on. So this is like mm-hmm. manufacturer consent, basically. Um, Google all this stuff because we give them our consent when we say, "Oh, am I going to accept the cookies?" I literally just did it. Manufacturer consent because what if we're not going to like use these devices? We can't really. Participate in the world, you know, and, and with our peers, or in, you know, in a competitive way in the workforce without being a part of this digital world and being connected. So really, through through necessity, that's consent. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, Noam Chomsky talks about this a lot, um, but it's you know, manufactured consent basically. But it crosses a line when it. Turns into, I mean, it crosses the line anyway for me. But um, I've, but when it comes to being used for um, law enforcement to stop peace, peaceful protest in other countries, you know, when it stops, um, and and this is something that happens, and it is used for, and that, and people are targeted, mm-hmm. and. Before we came on, I was, you know, telling Antonio, I've been under surveillance before and it was horrifying. Um, and I had bank accounts shut down. I had and it was because of my travel patterns. What I did for a living, I got threatening letters and literally like they would be like, so, so I can't even like say with a straight face. But I was like, am I the only one? who's getting these letters and I remember I was working for Amnesty International at the time. I looked up this letter and it was from Donald Trump, right? I looked it up to see if it was a mass mailing. It wasn't. I looked it up to see and because I know, I mean, I worked for Amnesty International. I'm used to death threats. I'm used to having to look at information that most people don't know or haven't seen and don't have access to. I, you know, so I'm fairly, uh, you know, I think that I I'm pretty good at, you know, using discernment, but I, you know, I'm looking up, I'm like, this has to be mass mailing. And I said, you know what? I was like, I'm being targeted on social media. Like things are like, and I told people and they just looked at me like I was crazy. I started like, I would like carry these, this letter around with me because it was like every week, every week. And it would be when I got back from DC, because of course, anytime you go to the Capitol, they know you're there. Right. They know you're there. They know why you're there. They know who you're there with. Um, And this never happened before. And I just started getting these letters. And one of them really freaked me out, which is hard, hard to do, Um, especially in that field. But anyway, long story short, it wasn't until about a year later that people finally started getting letters too. And it was three weeks after I had gotten the last letter that it came out that people were being targeted on social media who were involved in. And at that time, I had organized um, two really um, large and very active private groups that were, you know, obviously not in step. And I worked with, um, you know, I worked with MoveOn. I worked in spaces that weren't public and weren't meant to be public. And so I did. I did do some of that. But. I I could feel it. And then it comes out. Yes, we are being watched in social media um, more than people had thought. So I wasn't crazy. That was great. But then people started getting the letters like everyone was getting them then, you know, and it was these threatening letters from the president, you know, and they were, you know, telling me to sign off, thanking the, um, you know. And I'm all about the interfaith life. Don't get it wrong. That's a Muslim. It was asking me to sign off thanking the Christians for killing the Islamic radicals. Like it was just the most offensive language you could fit into one letter that was so bizarre, you know. So anyway, but that was very, that was light. That was nothing. But it's just strange things like that. And I'm curious to hear, Antonio, what you have to say now when we talk about because um, I do want to know, because Amnesty actually just came out with a report on NSO and Pegasus. So if you want to, you want to.
0: Well, I'm trying to understand what Pegasus is, though. So.
1: so Pegasus, so I started studying this. This is a, so NSO, and that is, it was developed in Israel. And it is used to, it is a, I guess, a virus, um, but it can be sent into your cell phone.
0: Oh I'll, right. And you
1: don't have to click the link. You don't have to do anything. Previously, we thought that you had to click the link. Like you'll get junk every day that you want to click that's from an unknown number to click link. Don't ever click the link, but this you don't have to. And it actually goes into your phone. And there was a suspicion that Gemma kashashoggi was. Um, he didn't get the Pegasus um, virus on his phone, but they believe that his friend might have. So it's dangerous because what happens is if when this comes into your phone, it lays dormant, it's undetectable and it lays dormant and it will disappear after 60 days if you have not used it, if it realizes that it doesn't match with what would it be, the SIM card or the IMEI or something. Um, but if it realizes it's in the wrong phone, it will go. Or if you don't use the phone for 60 days, but until that day, it is mining information. It is looking at your pictures. It can turn on your microphone. It can turn off your camera. It can take pictures. And it was, um, and so Amnesty just came out with a report actually on the 18th of July this year. And, uh, it's called the Pegasus project, but every, I mean, there's a great article about it that, um, people should, should definitely read if they're interested, but, um, it's, it's tar- used to target journalists, but Jamal Khashoggi, that was someone who they thought cause Saudi Arabia has used it. Um, and a few other countries, but it's supposed to only be used to target specific people. And when they do, sell this um you know i don't know how would i put this when they do sell this product to a government it has to be sold to a government not everyone can get this they're then the nso no longer can say oh you can't use it for this person or this person it's the government or and the entity who who then has the product then will use their own discretion of who they need to keep tabs on and so They believe that this might have been used with Jamal Khashoggi because they would target because, you know, the government can choose who they want. And journalists have been and human rights defenders have been a huge, huge target for malicious spyware. And um, unfortunately, in uh, uh, Mr. Khashoggi's case, they think that it probably went. They did find it on his fiance's phone, actually.
0: Um, yeah, so I, I I've heard this before. I just I couldn't remember because I hadn't seen it. But it's it's made. I see it's made the spotlight again. Wow, this game thing. Yeah, because this came out some years ago, but now right, it's, right. now it's back because some other they <laughs> using it against other journalist journalists. journalists. Yep. Um, so how attacks work? Generally, how attacks work is like I always. Like I tell my kids, for every action is a reaction. You have to do something to allow an app or to allow anything to happen to your computer or computers or any, well, everything is computer now. But the only way, now Emily's saying this is zero click attack. Well, yes and no. So what it does is it, it infects an app that you might have on your phone that has a zero day attack or zero where it has a vulnerability associated with it. Now when this is zero click or zero date, meaning that it's a fault on the application that wasn't discovered by the developer when they, they finished developing and they pushed it out or they made an update which opened up another backdoor or another vulnerability that they didn't think of when they did an update, an application update to the app itself. So it exploits that vulnerability which allows it to then inject itself onto your device. Now. Again, this goes back to what I was saying before. The phones that are more vulnerable by it are Android phones. Uh, Apple has a closed network. Apple actively, their software actively monitors things that should not, as long as your phone has not been rooted. And when I mean by rooted, you haven't gone through and completely uh, disabled all the security features on it, allowing you to do things to your device it wasn't meant to do. But as long as your Apple phone is not rooted, it's, it's actively monitoring for applications that should not be on there. And it'll potentially now, it'll potentially it'll close them down. So if you have an Android, you have to be mindful of things that you put on your Android. You have to have malware and spyware protection on your phones. If you click, I don't have it on my Android because I don't I don't click on random stuff so, because I work in security. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... Huh?
1: I don't click on anything
0: random. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. That's the thing I tell people all the time. It's like, yo, don't don't stop clicking on stuff. Like if somebody sends you a text message and you don't know who the hell it is and it's a link a link in there, don't click on the link, man. Just don't oh don't gosh, click on do not. the link. Just do delete not. the text message. Because yeah. I get them. Now what Everything. I do, I get them and I have fun with it because I'm trying to figure out where the hell did this come from? Who sent me this uh, text message? And sometimes I play with it. Sometimes I don't. But no, just don't. Yeah, don't don't click on stuff because really the only way, the only way, the only way you can be infected by anything. I don't care if it's your cell phone. I don't care if it's your computer. I don't care if it's your tablet. You have to do something to allow the the malware or virus or whatever to be installed on your computer. (laughs) Bottom line. Now, this Pegasus is bad because yes, it exposes, it opens up your entire operating system to all the things that you can do on your phone. It can do it remotely, and it allows people to exploit that and take all the data out and do what they want to do with it, which is something malicious.
1: Yeah. And it's not, and it's not the and as he says, it's it's said, It's not like because I mean I must be getting um and because the misconception, like you said, with Pegasus and that we all well. I know the greater public thought was that if you clicked on the link, then, oh, it was all in, but that's not necessary. However, um, and so then it was like, oh, but if then they'll send it to your friend and then everyone around you so that eventually someone's going to click on it. And then when they text you, they can read the message. It gives access that way. So is that still... So with Pegasus, I'm going to send his because it's really fascinating because I think that this cleared up and I didn't I did watch something on. I think it was Vice where they were actually, um, you know, showing they put it on one of their cameramen's phones who was like in another country while they were. And they were like, let's see what we can do with it. And it was like, you know, he didn't have to click on anything. I do do anything. But yeah, like you said, it was through vulnerabilities that were already
0: So the key is, and the the problem that we see with a lot of data breaches is, you have to update your applications. Just like even on your computers, you have to do your updates on your computer. The the operating system updates and stuff. You have to do your firmware updates. Your firmware is associated with the actual physical components that's plugged into your devices. You have to update your stuff because it has security updates in those updates (laughs) to make sure that you don't get attacked. And again, stop clicking on random stuff. Even if it's a family member, if a family member sends you a link, say, hey, because my mom has done this. So my mom, I'm sure, has been hacked and because she's old. Old people click on things that do stupid things. Yeah. So I've been getting, myself and my kids have been getting a text message saying, uh, your mom is inviting y'all to join, what is it, Acorn or some other investment app. So my kids called me. I said, "Don't click on that." I said, like, "I don't know what the hell it is." And I said, "Yeah, it sounds like it sounds legit. Don't click on that." I was like, "Yeah, it's coming from your grandmother. Don't click on that. <laughs> don't <laughs> if you don't know what it is and they didn't tell you why they sent it to you to click on. Don't don't click on it. Don't do it. Again, now Apple would detect it if you click on a, a bad link. Apple would detect that and say you clicked on a malicious link, and it's going to stop you from doing so from moving forward." Android might tell you it's there, but it's going to give you the option to proceed forward. And you might be like, ah, I trust it. And you hit yes, and now you just exposed <laughs> your phone. And it's the same thing with your computer. So yeah, the thing is, this is a, a bad thing, but it, it, it shouldn't have to be as bad because with, and then, and then we're going to tie it back into the whistleblowers too. But um, You shouldn't be clicking on random things. Bottom line, nobody, I mean, we've been saying this for years now, over a decade when it comes to IT security and it comes to networks being hacked. And somebody's been, even my kid's school just got hacked and all of my personal information got exposed and stuff. So it's, and it's always comes down to one individual person. Now, when it comes back to whistleblowers, the whistleblowers are letting people know because they're the ones building these, they're the ones building these, uh, these, this software to stage these attacks. They're letting the, the the people know, hey, um, such and such over here. In this case, the the American government. Well, this is built by this Pegasus was built by Israeli's company. But, um, yeah, they're building stuff on here to spy on individuals and to spy on individual com- countries. And that's why I think whistleblowers should be protected, because I'm not snitching. I let people know in my close circle, <laughs> but I mean, because I like working. You know, it's, it's hard for a brother out here to find a job. But uh, no, everybody should be told about what people have access to.
1: I said, I don't think it's snitching, though, if it's you're snitching on the man, you know?
0: Yeah, but see, if I lose my job, I don't have... It's harder you for know, me to find work. Huh?
1: You won't lose your job if un- unless you snitch. Unless yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. If I snitch, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you snitch. I mean, and that's... So So, what would you do Like, since you're in that position? I mean... What would you do if you feel like, you know, and this is hypothetical, of course, um, I'm not asking him if he's going to do this, if he would do this or if this has ever happened, just a hypothetical, you know, I'm just on the you out there. So if if you're in a position where you come across something and you're like, whoa, this is a bridge too far. This is crossing a line for me. And I know I know that this is not ethical and this is not what we signed up for because that happens oftentimes, you know, in the law, mm-hmm. there's, you know, great right, people who don't read things before they get signed into bills, bill. So it could be perfectly legal, but, and then sometimes it's not really, it's, you know, Oh, it's used just to, to, to spy on terrorists. Well, guess who gets to define a terrorist, you know? So there's all that gray area, but what do you do? Do you, follow your your chain of command report to your your boss and then see what happens do you go to do you quit your job do you ignore it or do you come forward as a whistleblower risk retribution and all the other um just completely career destroying uh and I think purposely that it's it's designed like this to discourage any whistleblowing, of course, or do you go to the press? Those are your four doors. Which one do you choose?
0: Um, for me, it's hard because, I mean, I have, we have I have worked in a team where we worked with um, the FBI before. And I don't I mean, for, uh, well, I will say for me, I personally can't do it because uh, I'm gonna pull a pool race card on this point. As a black man, is once you get exposed to anything, and they they blacklist you because they can't blacklist you in, in corporate mm-hmm. companies, they blacklist you. Is it is hard to find work? It's like you you know, look at look at Edward Snowden, look at Chelsea Manning. They, yeah, they've gone through a lot of hell, but they still have the support of the community behind them, and they still have income coming in. Man, I would be out of the street. I would be homeless again. And so for me, because I like I say, I've seen the stuff that <laughs> I've seen the stuff that these corporations have access to, and thus the government has access to. Which is why I kind of like Apple, but I don't like Apple because Apple discourages. Well, they don't hire a lot of minorities, but um, I they didn't do know protect. Yeah, man, they say they do, but they yeah, it's, that's we that's a huge discussion. They always say we can't find white people, and there's a lot of black people with with computer science degrees and everything. But at least I will say. Apple does protect your data and they will fight if you have a notice. They've protected, they didn't protect, but they did protect the data of those terrorists that uh, blew up those people in um in California.
1: And also, if you have to use a mental, and you'll probably be able to say this better than I will. Um, but if if say your phone is locked, if you have a passcode on your phone. Mm -hmm. And an officer comes to you and says to unlock your phone, Mm -mm. you don't have to do this because this is Mm -hmm. you having to use your own faculties and knowledge that is in your mind to do this. So you don't have to do it and they have to get a subpoena and they have to go through and then they have to, and they still can't make you do it. They can't make you incriminate yourself. They would have to go to Apple and, to his point, yeah. Um, Apple has been been um good about that and making sure people know, I mean, they provide passcodes on their phones. I think they were the first, probably the first to do that that I remember. But like, and now Android has like you can draw maze, you can, you know, No, there lots- was
0: so no, everybody's always had security features built into their phones. Apple has it cooked. Apple literally has it cooked into the software itself, to where if you try so many times, it'll literally always. wipe your device. Apple I has always had it.
1: with the up and down button to unlock. That was not. That was not a secure. You remember the flip phones? Yeah. With the up and down button to unlock. Press up to unlock.
0: Little- oh yeah, yeah, but that's but you're talking that's about
1: always.
0: But you're talking about those weren't necessarily smartphones. We're talking no, about smartphones now.
1: No, so no, no. smartphones
0: house a lot more data than those actual phones from back in the day, phones yeah. that last you a lifetime. They'll last to the apocalypse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you like I said, you'd be surprised what these, well, you, you shouldn't be surprised what they have access to. Like, literally, I'll give you an example. If you're driving somewhere, and, you know, some way you don't know, sometimes your phone would get locked up on a cell tower. Now, what you don't realize what's happening behind the scenes is your phone is causing potential congestion on that cell tower. And we'll see that it's causing a disturbance with other people trying to get to that cell tower. And we'll actually boot you off. So sometimes when your phone is being dropped, you're thinking, oh, you know, I said, no, somebody booted you because <laughs> it got hold I up.
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know we, that.
0: So we have access. And I say that because, I mean, it's simple as it is, but you have to think about it. You have to think about it. We have access to do a lot of stuff to your device that you would think in your head we shouldn't have access to. But we can literally get in and remote into your device if we wanted. We can do a remote into your device if we wanted to, which means that we have access to do that then the government has access to do it through us. Oh yeah. Now would I snitch? I I don't snitch by details.
1: Would you blow the whistle? Uh,
0: if it was something really bad, if I if I deemed it something really bad, and it was costing people's lives, then yeah, I, I probably really would. But again, I'm not. You talking about somebody? I'm 43 now, so I've worked a lifetime to where I have a lot of experience behind me. Somebody new to the industry, they probably wouldn't do it because they're just getting started in their careers. So like I said, I've seen and worked on a lot of stuff, but I don't know. My thing is, you know, once you, once you get a cell phone, once you get a, not a cell phone, once you get a, a smartphone, you opened yourself up to allow anybody to have access to it, no matter it being you purchasing it or not, same as music. So I'm the prime example. So this is, I know we've, we ventured all the way from Jewel and the Sons, but we're talking about whistleblowers and then the aspect of whistleblowing and the purpose behind it. But like digital rights, you don't have the right to own the music that you're paying for on your phone. Even though you pay for it, you don't really have access to it. So things are different than how it used to be where you physically bought a CD. But even when you have physically bought that CD, you can't turn around and resell that CD without being charged. Where they found that you were selling it, you would get fined for it. Same thing with the music. You don't own the rights to that music that you pay for every month if you have a subscription service. Even those on your device. So you don't technically, I said it to say, you don't have any rights anymore. You sacrificed all those rights when you bought a smartphone. Once you became into the digital age, you sacrificed a lot of those rights and you make a ton of compromises for those comfortabilities. And so I just I accept things for what they are.
1: Consent. You know, huh? our dependency is our manufactured consent. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's our own dependency that has given them consent. And anyone who thinks Honestly, anyone who thinks that they do not anything and everything that you're doing, get out of here. I've had pictures that I know I've had my email hacked. I've had so many things like just, and it happened and it's terrifying and it's not fun. It's, it's, it's horrible.
0: It's no way for you to,
1: you have to accept that that's, you know, you've opened yourself up to it. But I think where we've gotten away from is, so whistleblowers, we have whistleblowers who, are like okay well this is too much private you know privacy is being you know and then we have war crimes then we have crimes against humanity we have real injustices happening that that I think there's a difference and I think that that is I think that that is why Julian Assange I think that is to me when we when I heard about him um, through the you know Whatever
0: Hillary or thing,
1: yeah. or whatever. Um, you didn't hear about, um, and I was anti war, but we didn't hear about that. All we heard was emails, risk lives. He gave out a list of women's names, uh, Turkish women's name, of course, anything that endangers vulnerable people. That's not, you know, of course I'm not and and you know I've been the victim of that as well when I worked for an organization and we used closed, what is it? We used um closed phone lines. We didn't use cell phones or anything. We used a closed cell phone line or not cell phone line, phone line. And um like we I I didn't operate it at all, so I don't know, but it was very old fashioned. It wasn't like it was like um very off the grid-ish, but it was like We did that just to make us one step removed. And we also had someone work with us who worked for the phone company. Mm -hmm. So we had to have somebody from the inside, you know what I'm saying? To be able to like have some layer of security, but even then you weren't all of our names, addresses and phone numbers were leaked. Mm -hmm. And this was after Charlottesville and that was horrifying. So really No matter how safe you think you're being, there's always in my mind, just assume that you're being being watched. I think that whistleblower goes from we all have to take that responsibility ourselves, knowing that we're vulnerable. The second we pick one of these up or take a picture, that's that. But when it comes to things we would never see had somebody not shown us and that we're better for because we saw it and we're better advocates and we understand and we have accountability and it it helps us make informed decisions about the people we put in power, the, the things we support, the actions we support overseas. I think that I think that when human life comes into play and injustice, I think then, um, you know, to me, that's that's what matters. And that's the tragedy of his uh, of of his case, I think, is that his human rights are being violated constantly because he exposed war crimes and that's why it's not because of all the other stuff. Um, you know, it's because of it made the United States, you know, I don't even, I doubt they ever answered for those questions, but it it made the United States sit there and have the entire world look at them and say, yeah, see, now you all get to see what we know.
0: Yeah, I mean the and the whole purpose of WikiLeaks is just what it is, it's just to leak. Data on what countries are doing because the U.S. is one of the biggest spies. Spies, they spy on every country and they use it for the sake of. They say it's for intelligence, no. and it's, and is. I can't get mad at them because it like every country does it. Every country literally does it, which is why I was laughing at forty five when forty five was getting pissed off at China. Talking about what was it? Not WhatsApp. What's the name of that app that was uh, Snapchat? So they was trying to get rid of. Oh, it was a TikTok.
1: TikTok. TikTok.
0: So he's trying to get rid of TikTok, saying that what China has. As a backdoor, so I was like, "Bruh, bruh, bruh,", bruh. you know y'all, you're not exempt from nothing. America <laughs> America has hacked all these networks. I was like, you literally have the whole pipeline coming through the US. So I was like, your networks aren't that closed. It's like, you hack all these countries just as much as everybody else. So don't be trying to sit here and say, oh, well, China's hacking in here to do what? I'm like, to see people do dance moves or whatever. I was like, come on, bro. And I was like, you know, and it depends on the device that you connect to. And then the other thing too is, uh, there is no way for you to get off the grid. This is why I kind of just kind of the things for what they are. Because I was one of those conspiracy theory guys. I was putting the tape across my cameras and stuff. I was trying to tape up my microphone because I was worried about my microphone being active, activated remotely and without me knowing. And it's always on listening state. It's your um, Alexas and the Google uh, mini boxes that they have at your houses now or now the um, the, the Apple things that you, the speakers you have at your house. uh, There's no way for you to get off the grid. There's really no way for you. If you, if you exist in this world today, there is no way for you to get off the grid. You will literally have to go to a commune somewhere. You got to have a doctor that physically comes out to see you to where you're not, you're not writing anything down. You're not doing any transmission of any data. You can't be on any data network Uh -uh. whatsoever. And once I came to that realization, then I gave my consent away. I'm just like I'm a bot now because, especially working in the field, I see what they already have access to, and I even and I've always worked in IT. I've never worked any other job. I started you know in school working at fast food restaurants, but my career has always been in engineering and IT. And it it's even it, with that, I still was trying to separate myself from. Ah, I, I can get away with it. I can set up proxy accounts and VPNs, and I can uh, encrypt all of my stuff to where you would have to have an advanced degree. And security to be able to find out my geographic location. Now I'm just like, man, whatever, dude. Be
1: trying to do that probably would have those degrees. So like, what? Like, I've always been like, okay, okay. So we're gonna put a commercial on TV about the VPN that's gonna save our privacy. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. That's not logical. And to me, I know that like surveillance is is not is and and especially. You know, work now.
0: They do work. Uh, yeah, work. But the problem yeah. with VPN, so sidebar, if you're looking for a VPN, make sure the VPN doesn't keep logs. That's the key thing you should always look for. If they keep logs, move on to somebody else because the logs is what actually stores your data.
1: Who would you suggest?
0: I don't have one particular because I can you can build out yeah. your own VPN. Because oh, yeah. I mean, well, I use so I have Google Fi as, a, as a, one of my one of my cell phone uh, carriers. And Google Fi does come with its own VPN encryption. But then again, like I said, you're going through Google's network. So yeah. even though it's encrypted, it's still going through. Now, if you want to get secure, secure, and you operating online and you want to be secure, then you want to have a VPN set up and then you want to have a proxy set up. All those things bounces your meta your data, across multiple computers that's connected online. And so the only way somebody would, and you can set up multiple proxies and if somebody wants to find you, they will really, really, really have to be searching to find you.
1: My brother used to, like we used to be really a lot more careful, but that was, I mean, that was, and then it was like, this is a fool's errand. You know, it was like, it's it's done, (laughs) it's done. When they're closing, because I mean, have like you don't realize it. And when you're be when you're under surveillance, and I'm sure you can agree with this, it's like, you don't realize you are until you know you are. And then it's real. Like when you come home, when, and you are, your bank accounts are shut down and the bank will not speak to you and you are not allowed in there anymore. And you're like, what happened? And it's like, you, you will know it, you will feel it and your life will become a hassle and it's and it and it's very strange because you you can't talk to anybody about it because everyone's like, oh, conspir you know, conspiracy theorists, this, that, that. Like it is really um, you know, it's mm. terrifying to have, I mean, you know,
0: there tends to be involved. some truth behind a conspiracy though.
1: yeah yeah, of course. I mean, it's not There's a conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, I expected it. It happens. It's very common in the field of um human rights, especially when you're you know, I, um, you know, the organization where we filed a lawsuit against Pompeo last year in the UAE, like, so what As
0: the people, you should always understand that you're always being watched. Uh, who was the guy? So this guy was talking in the chat room. This is when um, Bush was in office. This guy was talking in the chat room and he made a threat against Bush while talking in the chat room. FBI was knocking on his door the next day he didn't send it directly to Bush he was just in the chat room talking and he made, he made a threat that because they have they're monitoring the networks and they're looking for keywords and they're looking for a sequence of words together and if they match up then then they'll start looking into you to figure out who the hell you are which is why if the government ever tells you they don't know who some of these homegrown terrorists are they're lying they just they choose are. not to act against them they're lying they There's know who these people are yeah, because like I said, they're actively monitoring. So when you get on, so with anybody to create a ISP, an internet service provider, for them to create a account, they have to register that with the government. And so Wait, what you're doing,
1: you do, know
0: they have to register with the federal government to get an ISP to open to I get. Think, okay. jobs. So when you get on, so you're not you're not establishing your own network. You're connecting into a network that already exists. Right. You don't think they're monitoring you and monitoring those yeah. ISPs.
1: Like it's a goldmine. It's like this is why the internet exists. Is for mm-hmm. us to be spied on. Like, what better way to you know? I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just a. Can I mean, so you know, get comfortable, settle in, everyone. I mean, this is this is where we're at. I yeah, mean, I don't, know.
0: I don't. I mean, Julian Assange. I feel bad for him. I mean, I don't know like, the other allegations against him. I don't know them to be true, which is why we're not talking about well, him. I think talking we got, about
1: that on Snowden. I kind of push this over on Snowden into the more like spy stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, like that. When we should have really just focused on Julian Assange because that's an important. Because no, because he's just the
0: he's just, just the bond.
1: Like you know,
0: Julian Assange that's- is just the. I say he's just the bond. You got Chelsea Manning and, and Edward Snowden and all the other whistleblowers. They're the meat to all of it. Joshua Harmon, Bradley Birkenfield, Harry Apocalypse. Those are all the meat to everything. Julian Assange is just a bun that holds that up all that data in, and he just showed the world to it. So he put the what sandwich together, wrapped it up, and gave it to you.
1: He's the fifth option. Remember the four options. There's chain of command. Mm-hmm. There's basically just you know keep your mouth shut. There is file a whistleblower's you know complaint, and then there's go to the press. Okay. And then you have five, and that is go anonymously, give it to WikiLeaks, right? Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: he created, beyond that, he created an avenue that didn't exist before, where people could keep their jobs, supposedly, you know, in a peripheral keep their jobs, they could keep their anonymity, they could do the right thing, and, you know, right, obviously subjective, but they could get the information they felt people needed out. And then it was the rest of our responsibility to go find it. Now, of course, we've seen where, you know, Julian has been and, and you know, he likes the limelight. Obviously, you can tell that he did not hate any bit of this. Mm-hmm. Um and whatever it is what it is, but he gave it a fifth option. And I think that's important because most whistleblowers that, you know, famous over the years, you see their lives are destroyed, you know, they're they don't have their livelihoods gone. And he sort of gave for a short period of time, a fifth option. And so I think that that's, you know, if he was able, you know, and they're still up and going. So, I mean, I think that that's, um, that was important. I think that was needed. And I think that, That's why the information that went to him were things that were really difficult as far as, you know, human rights violations, things like this. And then you see the defense community more choosing the press, you know, not all the time, but it's a little bit more, I don't want to say glamorized. I don't want to say glamorized, but you know what I mean? I feel like they're really difficult stuff that you know you're going to go down for showing like, you know, Chelsea Manning, Reality Warner. Um. Which is
0: real interesting because the government encourages you to tell on people that's committing criminal activity. But when it's the government themselves committing that very criminal activity, they don't want anybody to tell on them. And they try to, to lock you up and shut you up for exposing them.
1: That's and right. companies too. hmm Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine like, I mean, some of the experiences you've had just in companies, can you imagine like I was, a, I did that in a company, I was, or place I was working and it was, um, you know, it was, there was no other choice, but to do it. And it was my first week of work and I have no regrets, but, and they changed their policies, but I know your experiences in work, having that added pressure, just from what we've talked about and what you've told me, having that added pressure of then having to decide which avenue would be best for you to take. You know, did you, had you found yourself mm-hmm. in that type of situation? Mm-hmm. And not to say you haven't, but I mean, I would be really hard pressed to even do anything.
0: I don't know that I've I've seen somebody such to where it's dangerous and they can get compromised. I just um I mean I just know the data that people expose, that the people give out. And I just I didn't so I make that information available to people that start talking about. What they don't want people, the government having access to. And especially when it comes to to voting. And it's like, well, I don't want to give this to the government. I'm not going to do I'm like, but bro, you already gave it away.
1: We already <laughs> have it.
0: And I'm like, you know, the, the thing that kills me the most is I try to use, my, like somebody else, somebody using their superpowers. I like to use the stuff that I've learned and the stuff I've seen and tell people the realities behind the conspiracy they have in their head that they don't want somebody watching them. I'm like, well, I work over here. You don't work over here and they've already been watching you. I can watch you. I now I have access to listen in. If I if I well back at my previous job I did I could listen in. But I'm like, you know, if people were doing that, did, think, did somebody do that? Let me think about that. I don't I'm trying to think if somebody actually was doing that and they got uh, fired for it.
1: anyway. Like, yeah, that's a sidebar. Yeah.
0: I'm like listening to people's conversations.
1: You mean that's a sidebar? That's that's what we're here for, you know? <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think Did somebody did a report come out against that or somebody was, uh, was somebody doing that. Yeah. So everything goes to a server. Y'all don't know that everything goes to a server, even your, your cell phone, it goes to a server. What, so about, we have, telegram? what about telegram?
1: Telegram, the app that um, you saw a lot of extremist groups using, it's from two Russians who were exiled, exiled from their country. They fled, claimed asylum, and they developed Telegram, a messaging service. A lot of people use Signal that's made by what? Facebook, thinking that's safe, yeah. which is ridiculous. But Telegram, since you're like sort of touching on like that and secure, like I know that Telegram used to be the safest because actually, um, Daesh and a lot of terror organizations, and I only know this because this is a field I worked in, um, would use it to organize, and that's what a lot of you know protests in other countries where they have really, um, you know, even in Algeria. If you post something on Facebook, you get three years in prison. You know, so really um, oppressive regimes, you know, and um, will force people into. And Telegram has been one that's been pretty safe.
0: So, what they tried to do was they replicate what we call the um, what is it the onion network or what y'all call it.
1: All <laughs> I know is the, that they claim not the, to keep things on servers.
0: Yeah, so it's it's almost like it's like the the, the Tor project. So they have the on, the Onion browser, which is like a a skin put over the top of Firefox, and so. It allows you to be online. It's the dark web. So it's, it's, I don't know why people, people call it dark web. It's it's not, it's not nothing bad. Huh?
1: I've never been to the dark web.
0: Oh, it's fun. It's fun and it's bad, but it is fun. I mean, you see a whole bunch of stuff out there, but it's, it's so, it's all encrypted though. So everything on Tor networks are encrypted. That's why people love Tor accounts. And that's how they, they start setting those small, you can set them small micro. To- so what Tor is, is a collection of small com- computers like your computers. And what you do is allow certain bits of data to be bounced through your network. That way it's a closed platform and they can't really isolate to a degree. They can't really isolate who is doing what on the tour network. And they did this in China when they was protesting the things that was taking place in, I think it was Japan protesting against China and and the the communist party out there. They created a small- Extradition law. Right, they created a small tour network through their cell phones. So China <laughs> China, tried to get slick and say, oh, we're closing down the internet. You can't close down the internet. You can try to, but you can't. You can close on the front end of it. So they created a tour network. And with the tour network, you can bounce that signal to anybody that's, I don't care where you're at in the world, bounce that signal. As long as I have access to a network, I can bounce the signal into those devices so I can still have access outside of my comp- my country and what they're doing to block it. So Telegram, Um, It's almost like a poor man's version of that. But because it's an app and it was coded, it still has vulnerabilities and threats, which I've saw it does have some exploits associated with it. And so it would have to.
1: I mean, it would have to just because it's so easily. I mean, so it's a free download. I mean, how? And so I was always curious about that. It's like, okay, well, here's the selling point. It doesn't store anything on the servers, but it's still, if you typed it, it exists. Somewhere, right? I mean, like
0: yes and no. So, like I say, it's to me. Without looking in more detail, I think it operates the same thing as a tour. So, what it does is store micro bits on individual people's phones. So, let's say your your phone is a computer. Your phone is a server. Mm-hmm. Your phone has uh, local access memory on on your phone itself so I can store if I if you download this app to your phone, I can store small bits of data on your phone and then when somebody's communicating to another device I can technically pull that phone that data from your device and decrypt it onto this person's device so they can see the message they're trying to see over here
1: That is what they do that is it that's exactly Thank you for breaking that down because
0: so the problem with that too, is though, if I send you a malicious attack, you're storing it to your local device. And you allow a a backdoor, you you allow a vulnerable application onto your device, which can now infect your device. And you can get bad entities that want to use that to their advantage and take control of your hub and, and thus get Pegasus on your computer, on your computer or on your, your smartphone.
1: Well, you know, if we're on Telegram, we're already, you know, I'm assuming we're already both into some underhanded stuff anyway you know
0: so nah, not necessarily
1: that's what i would ass- i'm gonna assume that just just for for the sake of you know i you know we'd be like okay well maybe you know i like I, closed, closed,
0: closed chat rooms,
1: rooms. go ahead uh, i don't i do too i use telegram i told everyone like don't use all this other stuff use telegram because it's the safest that we have here you know i mean i don't um And there were like all kinds of challenging and stuff, but I didn't get, but that's, but I know that it was pretty effective for quite a while because again, um, you know, when I, when I was so involved in, um, involved in, when I was, um, doing a lot of my, um, research and just taking testimony and hearing stories and, um, verifying them, oftentimes it would. I mean, for a long time, it was Telegram because it just wasn't well-known. It wasn't, um, you know, it, it takes it takes time for people to catch on to stuff, I guess. And it was a little bit more secure and people, um, you know, not everybody knew about it. It just wasn't well-known. And so it was great for, um, and even the Russians who invented it, who are, I think, in the United States. I'm not sure. Somewhere in Europe, actually. I think they're in Germany, maybe Um, the government actually tried to get them to um, change it or hand it over whatever. And they refused because they had been, you know, victims of oppression and in in Russia. And so they were like, no, you know, we're not going to we're not going to do this because we invented this and made this specifically so people could have the freedom of expression and be able to protest and assemble and do it in a way without being targeted. So we wanted to make it a little bit easier and telegram is pretty old now though, but I think in its day it was, you know,
0: it wasn't secure at all. People just thought it was secure. More
1: was, secure than, well, I mean, you can't, I mean, obviously if, if why weren't then how come it, it was so why? Why were weren't wasn't the FBI all over it, like stopping the organization of terror cells? Why weren't they doing this? Why weren't they? Why weren't all these governments that were so hungry to get these folks off of who are using Telegram? Why? Why didn't they? You know, I, I mean, mean it's the
0: same idea. way they don't stop homegrown terrorists here now. They know what's I going mean, on. They choose not yeah, to.
1: They they let up because it's funny now because now you couldn't find them anywhere on telegram you know or and they use tumblr too like what kind of fbi doesn't know to like hey use they might be on tumblr guys seems a little who's i think you're the conspiracy theorist here
0: i like i mean i've always said i love a good conspiracy as long as it makes sense if it makes sense i love it
1: I think it makes complete sense. I mean, because it doesn't make sense. Like, oh, they're going to organize on these apps that people have that you could easily find. And because I was like, why is it being on this server so secure? And I don't know enough about this. This isn't my field. I so like, like, even to me, it make, didn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what are you trying to? or What is okay? Well, I put it like that. I tell people all the time: you're not you're not special. When people talk about oh, they're going to hack them, like you're not special. Uh, so, what is it that you're trying to? encrypt or hide that you can't use a regular chat for. Now, no, not you. I'm just saying just just in general when it comes to people Like a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people like stuff that sounds cool, especially if it comes like, oh, my stuff is encrypted and you will never see my messages. And I can, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? This has to be encrypted. Like, what do you, what field do you work in to where you can't expose certain data or you don't want, So, because in my field and the stuff I used to do, you had every reason to talk about stuff to where you don't want it on the main sites because your data is being logged.
1: Right. But I'm like, well, if you don't that, exist
0: in that world,
1: that isn't um, I see the the part of it that I I'm familiar with is when you aren't able. If you go to anyone in, uh, in Algeria, I can give you, you know, most people, not everybody, but you will see they will never have their face showing. They will never have their real name. They will never have their real family members. There's a reason for this there's a reason for this that isn't and being over there you um if you talk about leaving if you talk about the government if you talk about there is so much fear and oppression they don't have freedom of speech they're not able to show their faces they are not able to um the people just don't have the same freedoms that we that we have you know and then if you go to other countries, you see even more of this. So look like Japan, for example, when they were fighting against, um, you know, their repatriation to just you want to call it to China, you know, and they fought and fought over this and they would use all these different methods of communication um, and they would still be getting caught in their heavy senses. Now they have um, the anti-terrorism law, which is the first, um, uh, Jimmy Lay, who is the, a journalist who is from Japan, is the first, um, person going to trial for this, this terrorism law, which is absolutely ridiculous. And he, all because, um, he's a journalist and he continued to be a journalist. And so when you're talking like Jamal Khashoggi goes to all these things, people do need a way to communicate in certain countries and certain certain spaces where they're not spied on because they are. And so they're always looking for something that's just a little bit safer. Like but nothing is do. completely safe, but those are the reasons and it's governments. I don't think actually, people's job like in my line of work it's always the government you know or because it's just not legal you know right the voice
0: I mean why because we got to wrap it up but um To me is, I mean, I can, I, I do see that. Now, the, the biggest problem that we see in security, so that, that, what, that does make sense. So, if you're an activist group and you're trying to keep yourself into your closed network, to where you don't want bad faith actors showing up and doing anything, then yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But they're in
1: personally. If that's dress. No, I don't even need have not personally.
0: No, I'm just saying in general but, though. So I can, I can understand yeah. the need behind it, but the problem that We've always faced security is the people problem. So one person, it takes one person. It, it just takes one person to expose. Uh, if you have a closed chat room and you're using like hash keys and it's going through a, a Tor network, uh, it takes one person to expose encryption keys. It takes one person to expose that the hash itself to where you can go into a browser and potentially gain access to it. And, but it it always falls down to an individual, which is why I say those the people that operate in certain parts of these closed networks, they understand how important it is to how important secrecy and privacy is. The regular individual, the regular humans, the regular civilians don't understand the importance of privacy. So it's like, to me, why even look for a telegram or anything like that? Because you don't really care about privacy anyway, because you got, you don't need, you got a a dummy password or you don't even have a password on your, your network at home. You don't don't have two factor authentication. Yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, you know, I know we ventured away from the main topic, but it still kind of falls in line with the purpose behind Assange and what he was in exposing the people to what governments were doing and how it was killing individuals. And then even with the, what Emily's talking about with the closed private chat rooms is, I still, would think, I think, I, I still would think we need snitches with that too, but it's, you can let people know that there's, these chat rooms exist on these servers if they exist on the server, typically it's their peer-to-peer, which is from device to device. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, good conversation, about Assange. And I, I, think,
1: to I think whistleblowers
0: them. are the are necessity. We have to have them. I personally, you know, working in security, I think that you sign up for that when you get into this field. Security is, if you get into IT, IT security. So we have different levels of security. You can get on updating devices, firewalls and uh, stuff like that. But once you get into actual troubleshooting and monitoring of networks and stuff and protection of firewalls and opening up ports and closing ports down. Yeah. Now you get to see stuff that the average person doesn't necessarily get to see. And when you get to see those things, I think you go into it knowing that you're going to potentially see something. Or have access to do something that the average person wouldn't like you to have access to do. I personally, I mean, I can't, I could, I wouldn't, i never risk my career for it because, like I said, once once the brother man gets shut out, I, I, I gotta feed my family, I get shut out. But I think they're important and I'm I'm glad people do expose the government for what they're doing because the American government, they, they do some dirty stuff.
1: Mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. And I think even though we did wander away from Assange, I do think that it's important that we did make very specific lines between manufactured consent sort of, and what kind of the different kinds of whistleblowers there are, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and what purpose each of us serve. Like now, because of people like Snowden, we know that we've given consent and he talks about this, you know, we now know, and and if we were ignorant to it before, we have no excuse now, you know, like the information's there, whether we like it or not, you know, and I think that serves a purpose too to just at least know, you know, we can't be will, you know, we can be willfully ignorant all we want, but you know, the information is there. And I think that, um, you know, Julian Assange, I think really put a, you know, it's a provocative question. Is he a journalist? Is he not? And I think that, um, I think that's a good, a good, uh, a good conversation that he started. And I think that, that I think it's going to continue for God knows how long. I mean, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I know we got bail, I believe. So we'll see what happens with him, but.
0: Oh, they did not the bail. bill. Hmm? They did not his bill.
1: I just read. They set bail. No, mm-hmm. like, like literally like, um, just within the last couple of weeks or week. Maybe I could be wrong. There's so much. There's a lot, they refuse the bail. They refused.
0: No, 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 no. This is nothing new. This is old. Ah, uh, but yeah. So, but yeah. So as we um, yeah, we wind on the conversation. with Lisa some closing thoughts, Emily.
1: Yeah, I think I learned a lot. Um, and oh, did you? I did. I did. And your perspective, because you know, it's a. Uh, Yeah, I did learn a lot. I think you're the perfect person to have this conversation with, obviously. And um, yeah, no, I think and I think people will learn a lot when they uh, hear this, because I think it's fascinating. This stuff intrigues me. So, you know, people, if you're out there, go ahead and be all the way out there because you're already it's done. It's a done deal.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, buy the ticket, take the ride, as Hunter S would say. And that's that, you know.
0: The Kool-Aid tastes good. I don't mind drinking it. It tastes pretty good. I've always said, uh, "People tell me, oh, you have those Nest cameras in your house and outside.' You know, what if somebody hacks them?" I said, "What? See me walk around naked?" I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Have at it." (laughs) If that's what you want. That's
1: where their life is at. Where they need to really watch (laughs) my like me walk around like. You know what? You're welcome. Like,
0: okay. yeah. I mean, if that's your, if that's your reality TV, uh, yeah. Like, watch me work out. Watch me make some dinner and stuff. Play some video games. Walk around and strip when I get done cutting the grass. We I have that.
1: We don't have privacy.
0: <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't. To me, I don't like. I said because I work in the field I've, and I see it all. I'm like, I don't care if you if 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 you want to go out of your way. Cause you got to go out of your way to hack my network. If you want to hack my network, anybody. Oh, just, you know, I ain't nobody. If you want to hack anybody's network, like your neighbor or whatever, either you're doing it because you're trying to, to work on your security skills, because this is one thing that they, I, I know we're getting to wind down, but yes. So when you get into security, they actually encourage, they look for people that have done things, malicious things uh, in their civilian regular life. So if you're if you're doing some pen testing or you're doing trying to do some dictionary attacks or any stage attacks against people in your neighborhood just to see if you can do it and crack it ne- or do some brute force attacks. Or what is the other one? um I forget what it's called because I, I haven't did it so long. It's like a drive by attack. But um, if you're trying to do those just to get your skills up. I understand why you're doing that. But if you're doing it with the intent of you're just trying to spy on your neighbors, you're a dick. And it's to me, you, what are you trying to see? You're just trying to watch them walk around naked. Okay.
1: Yeah. You know. You're violating people then. Then you're violating.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm like. It's and then when people tell me, Oh, well people can do that to you. And I'm like, for what? I don't, I don't care. Like if somebody's doing it to my network and they brute force their way into my network, you know, only you're going to do is see me living my regular life. And to me, I'm not going to get it. I don't care about that. Now, of course, I will eventually see it because I've seen it happen before. And then I, I, you know, never mind. I reverse hack people. But um, I've seen it happen before, but it only happened one time. And I shut it down.
1: But I feel like we need to have a part two.
0: Yeah, okay. we can talk about hacking. Yeah, we can talk all about I, hacking.
1: I, yeah, we need to do part two because I just was watching a like 15 minutes with a hacker and I wanted to ask you all these questions tonight, but I didn't. So, um, I think it's fascinating. So yeah, we need to do a part two and, um, hack your, uh, your mind a little bit about this stuff because I find it very interesting. So yeah, we need to.
0: My final thoughts. I'm not going to end this way traditionally in the uh, final, but my final thoughts is, um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. I uh, mean, you, for Emily for the conversation is. I mean, I do, like I said, I do like whistleblowers, and it always comes with security because I know my. I always talk about my interview with the CIA, and I, and I talk about it because it was interesting. The, all the stuff that you know that they're monitoring you from doing, but um, yeah, you're you're already being watched. No matter what you're doing, you're already being watched. Your, your network is already. once you came into the digital age, your, your stuff is already out there. So for me, my final thoughts is have a have a sense of relief in your life and just let that portion of it go and this whole living off the grid thing just just enjoy life for what it is And use your technology for however you want to use your technology, not maliciously, but use your technology for how you want to use your technology and have fun with it and stop worrying about what you're worried about the government is doing because the government has been doing it. These massive corporations have access to your network, too. I'm telling you, they do because I work in that field and I I know and I work in that department. So they already have access to it. So my thing is enjoy life.
1: Live like you're being hacked, because you already
0: are. Yeah, you know? so... Live like you're in
1: politics, you
0: know? Julian Assange, I feel bad for him, because he got a short of stick, because he was trying to let you know the truth. I feel bad for Edward Snowden, um, uh, Chelsea Manning. I feel bad for all of them, because they wanted to let you know exactly, to a T, what the government was doing to other countries and foreign nations, and again, what they were doing to their very own people here in the country. With the Patriot Act and other, like you said, the Patriot Act and other things that was going on. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going to end it as enjoy your life. Don't worry about what the government has access to. Don't worry about your biometric data and you potentially giving it away. It's already been given away. They already have it. Just live life to your best. So thank y'all for tuning in. And yeah, we can't have a part two specifically about hacking because I do love I do love to talk about hacking. I mean, I got a whole Discord and one of my my uh, good friends. I'm gonna call him my best friend. He's in Australia. He's going to school for security engineering, and we always talk about new vulnerabilities and air hacks. Yes, there is a such thing as air hack and there's sound hacks to hack into your devices and stuff. So yeah, tune in for part two. I don't I don't know when we'll have. Oh, I, I guess we can talk about it next week.
1: We'll I talk about the time I installed spyware on someone's phone too. Just kidding, I never would do that. Never.
0: Unless it was one of your kids and you was really worried about them. So <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in. Love everybody, Yeah. Thank y'all for having a podcast. I am not even. Anyway.
1: Good.